So there are some that are off with COVID. That's why we have a live stream for those who um, can't make it this morning. So please continue to pray for their healing and health. Um, just a few announcements uh, before we crack on with the word. Um, uh, tithes and offerings, if you haven't realized, those are in the purple boxes on the side. So you can give there um, after the meeting. Um, just a reminder also that t- today there is a bring and share lunch. So anybody who wants to stay behind to have lunch together, there's food. You are welcome to stay. We'll be in the tin coffee lounge next door. Um, and then we finish that with uh, corporate prayer at three this afternoon. Um, so if you can't make lunch but you want to come back for prayer, around about 3 o'clock is when we'll be praying. But that's this afternoon. Then also just a reminder that for the leaders, there's no lunch next week. We have Tony and Suzanne Sievright from uh, Africa, who, South Africa who will be here on the 15th of May. Um, and so that's that weekend is when we're having our lunch. So 15th of May, Sunday the 15th, we have Tony and Suzanne on who, who are on their way to... Denmark. Um, so they're stopping here on their way to Denmark and going to be ministering here. So not one to miss. They've never ministered in this church before. We know them from working globally, but um, it'll be good, a good time for them. Uh, also, just a reminder that there are home groups as normal. If you're not in a home group and would like to be in one, please come and see me or one of the other leaders and we can try and connect you so we can do that. Then just one other thing, just with um, different changes that we need to do. We're needing to look at all of our tech, as in not, not the stuff here on a Sunday morning, but things like social media, website and all that kind of stuff. If that is something that you are gifted in, talented in, interested in, please can you come and see me so we can put together a list and then we can try and organize uh, a get-together of those guys to move those things forward. Um, just I'm very aware that our website is pretty much just functional in order to get us through all the logistics of, and the things that we had to do in COVID and we need to revisit that. So if you could e- uh, just let me know and then we can put your name on that and we can uh, work something out for that. Wonderful. Uh, I don't think there's youth today so you're in the meeting um children if you're primary school age you may go through those doors uh to children's ministry today and um yeah so are we gonna look at the word so cool, cool. wonderful cool good well, I don't know about you, but last Sunday with Easter was really good for us. Um, it was a good time here. So thank you for all of those who contributed to make that happen, who organized and helped clear up and things like that. If you can help with washing at least one tablecloth, that would be really helpful so that we don't have to wash all of them at home. So if you can, there's a whole pile of them in my office over there. Just pick one up, take it home, wash it, iron it, bring it back next week. That would be really, really good. Um, but this week, we're going to carry on our series through looking at... Um, uh, cultures. Remember we've been looking at that, then we had the Easter service and the Easter weekend, so we had a break from that, and now we're back on that. The last one that we looked at was, Werner looked at building a culture or developing a culture of worship. And remember how we're looking at this is that because what we believe um, informs um, our values, and our values shape our culture. And then the culture is what we are, how we live, why we do things like we do, and how we do things Almost without thinking, it becomes part of who we are. And it's important that we look at that so that we can fulfill everything that God's called us to. And often we look at those things and 
uh, it's easy to look over our shoulder and think, well, that's how we are, rather than be forward thinking and say, actually, this is what we're needing to aim at. So some of these things we're doing to a degree, others we need to give a bit more attention to, but in every area we can grow more and more in those areas of who we are as a people. And um, so I'm just going to pray and then we're going to launch into today's one. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you've spoken during worship, but also that you speak through the Bible to us. And this morning as we look at these things, I pray that you would challenge every single one of us, that our hearts would be stretched, our thinking would be challenged, and our lives would be transformed by the, by the power of your spirit working in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, we're looking at a different value and, uh, or culture, and uh, it might seem a bit odd and a bit strange to some of you, and, uh, and I'm saying this before I tell you what it is, because I don't want you to hear what it is and then just switch off and think, that's not for me, because I think that's half the problem with this one. Uh, and that is, I, I want to look at developing or building a culture of creativity, and uh, immediately some of you thought, well, that's not for me. So please don't think that. I'm not, just, I'm not talking about being artists or musicians or, or whatever, although those things come into it. But actually, what is a culture of creativity? I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who isn't moved some way by some things that are creative, whether it be music or film or words or worship, whatever it is that moves and challenges us. But not many would call themselves creative. You don't have to say, you don't have to answer, but out loud. So this is a rhetorical question because sometimes people answer rhetorical questions live, and it's a little bit awkward. But would you classify yourself as someone who is creative? Some would say yes. Others wouldn't because what we've been led to believe is that those that are creative are a small elite group of people who are far more gifted and we're not that gifted and therefore we don't belong. Well, I know you don't think that, but it's because you're married to me. Um, but in some ways, people see those who are creative as an elite special club of people. Well, they're the creative ones and, and we're not. And, um, and that's so not what it is. If you've ever believed, and I think it is a lie, the lie that you are not creative, I think this morning you need to listen so that we can actually change those. Because I don't think the divide, the big divide, is between those who are artists and those who are not. I think it's between those who understand that they are creative and those who don't believe they are and have therefore disqualified themselves or convinced themselves that they are not creative. Those that understand that the, their very nature is that of being an artist, not, not a painter, an artist, the one who is created, uh, creative, compared to those who remain totally unaware and therefore settle for something that is a lot less. So before I lose you on that, or half of you on that, I think we have believed a lie that we are not creative beings and therefore live a life that is lesser than what we've been created for. If we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Now we have this incredible privilege of having the access to the whole Bible, 
in its entirety now today. But in Genesis chapter 1, have you ever considered how the God of the Bible, in other words, the one true God, introduces himself to humanity? He doesn't introduce himself as Savior. He doesn't introduce himself as Judge. He doesn't even introduce himself as King or Redeemer. In the first chapters of the book of the Bible, God introduces himself as Creator. In the beginning, God created. Not in the beginning God was King. Or in the beginning, God was Redeemer, or God was anything else. In the beginning, God created. He was and is Creator God. And all of us are very comfortable with the fact that we are created in the image of God, but we somehow lose that part of the image of God and think that we're created in the image of God, and so therefore we are spiritual like He is, which is true. But we are also creative like he is by nature. Because what is the first thing that God commanded man to do when he created Adam and Eve? Before Eve even arrived, what did God give Adam to do? Name the animals. That requires some kind of creative thought to come up with the names of all the animals. And then we also called to increase the number and all those things. So our very nature, being made in the image and the likeness of, of God, is to have a soul and a spirit that would respond. And we are spiritual beings, but we are also creative beings. Every single one of us. But we have believed this lie that we are not. And, um, and then there's also this thing that... So, I, so most of you would know that... Uh, it's probably easier for me to speak about this value because we kind of, I'm from a creative background. That's what I studied. And we went to art college and everything else. And there's this, there's this conflict that has just destroyed this whole thing of spirituality and creativity. Now, you go to art college and you ask Ella, who's in Edinburgh School of Art at the moment, that there seems to be this conflict that you can't be a believer, a Christian, and a creative because to be a true creative, this is what the world says, and probably most people have this image of creative people, is that you have to throw off all restrictions. You have to experience everything that you possibly can without any limitations, without any um, confines. That you have to ex- try every option, whether it be drugs or sex or anything else. That's what they say. That, that's the expectation. And how can you be a Christian and be an artist is just unimaginable to them. If you speak to Ella, even, and I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, even recently she, uh, she lives in halls in, in Edinburgh and, um, uh, and the people in her flat with her are not believers and they often have parties or gaffes as they call them, whatever that means. But, um, they, and she can often overhear the conversations. And some of the conversations have gone along the lines, where's your housemate? And, and they defend her and say that she doesn't like to drink and all of those things. And they said, but I thought... She was an artist. They said, yes, she is an art student, but she's also a Christian. 
And you can just, she said, you can just hear this, that, that does not compute. And that's what the world's impression is. And unfortunately, that has also been what the church's understanding is. That those who are creative are weird, they're moody, they're they off the rails, they're rebellious, they don't fit in the... And, and that's not it. And so the problem is there's been this separation between creativity and our nature of being created in the image of the creator God. And so there's no fit. Yet that's not what God says at all. Because if we create it in the image of the creator, then surely... Even in the boundaries of what is written in the word of God and God's ways, those boundaries bring freedom and creative expression in its various forms, whether it be speech or engineering or problem solving or, 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 or the arts or any area. Because actually how we created in God releases that potential in us when we connect with him to fulfill what he's called us to. And you see, when we come into a relationship with God, even the contributions this morning that Andrew brought and that Ella brought about coming to him and being transformed, and uh, 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 the Bible uses these words, that we are born again and we are a new creation in him. And there's that all that potential that is in you by design is waiting to be expressed and moved and moved out from our lives into others you see more often than not creativity and the church have not lived well together but in fact actually when we look at it creativity is a product of living as a human as god has created us to live rather than an event or an elite group. It is actually how each one of us are called to live. Somehow I think that for us, we, we can so often just believe that following God is simply this, that God commands and then we, therefore we obey. And in some respects that is true, but it is so much more complex than that. It's so much more complex than that. Yes, I'm not saying that we don't obey God. We have to obey God. But there's a whole lot more to obeying God and living in obedience to God than what we have been used to. It's not simply just do this and move on. You see, what the church has done has transformed or or replaced obedience with conformity rather than creativity. And... uh, uh, replaced originality with standardization of everything becoming like this and it's the result is that the community of the church simply does what it's always done which is religion without breaking open into those other things and traditions and traditional norms have become what is expected and and questioning anything has been seen as rebellion rather than the desire to grow and expand in what God has called us to. And the result is that as believers, we become gray and dull and, um, and die and live far lesser, a far lesser life than God has ever intended for us to live. Yet, we created with a soul that is full of potential to live far more 
than we have ever experienced, to reflect our creator God far more than we ever have. And we're all partly a product of what we've experienced as we've grown up. But if we, if we remain in that, then we don't truly live. And we have the option to, to remain in that or to move on with what God has called us to. You see, someone put it one, like this. Um, when we start our life, it's like we are, if you use the analogy of painting, we start our life, it's like a blank canvas. And in the early years of our lives, others are painting on that canvas as to who we are and, and, and how we are to be. As a child, as parents inputting and investing in someone's life and uh, your children's lives, you, you're basically painting on that canvas who they are, who God's spoken over them and all of those things. And it comes to a point in our development that we then take the brush and start painting on our own canvas of to who we believe we are, who God has created us to be. But it doesn't end there. That then leads for us to then go beyond and start painting on the, and leaving our mark on the world around us. And that should be to point to Jesus. So it's not like, I'm not saying that we can just change who we are to our own will. It's developing and seeing who God has created us to be. And live in the fullness of that. And in that we actually have been created and destined to, to leave a mark on the world behind us that transforms humanity through God working in us and through us as we impact those around us for the kingdom, for, with the gospel of Jesus, but also with our lives. And that everything God has put in you is, is there so that you would actually make a mark and impact the world around you. Yet the world says, don't do that, you can't do that. And too often we believe that we haven't got what it takes. Or what we have got isn't enough for what is going to bring change. And, and so then we just conform to what's already been. Which then just reduces not only our understanding, but it robs the world of the life that God wants to breathe through you and I, to impact them for the kingdom. You see, if you give a child a piece of paper and crayons or paint or anything and ask them to just draw something, they have got no problem. I'm talking about young children. They've got no problem just expressing whatever is in their imagination. You give them a picture with, uh, uh, and ask them to color it in. They color all over the place. Yet, unfortunately, we see, and, and that's just an expression of, of what's inside, what they're thinking, what they're seeing, the colors they want to use, and everything else. And yet, there comes a point where somehow we've got to the place where we've told them only those that color inside the lines are doing it right. And we, God forbid that we allow something of what is in the imagination to be expressed or lived out or even go beyond to be transformation in the world. You see how we've distorted and limited what God has created us by our own thinking, by what the world says, by what the church has said. And, and what's happened is rules... And traditions have become more important. 
and we've filtered imagination and we've filtered our creative thinking for what we see as reality. Well, we need to be real. We can't be dreamers. We can't be... But I want to tell you, God has created us to be dreamers. Every single one of us. You created with an imagination. It's we just believe the lie of the enemy that says we can't. We haven't got what it takes. We mustn't. Yet everything around us explains and displays who God is. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this, For by him all things were created, this is God, by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. The last few weeks we've had my in-laws staying with us and we've been to various different places with them as they've visited and been on holiday. And uh, and in our garden, uh, uh, if any of you have been to our house, uh, uh, I do the garden because I, just, I always wanted a garden I could paint. And so there's flowers and there's... And, and you just spend f- a few minutes just looking at the diversity and the incredible display of God's splendor and majesty and the creative God that we serve and that we say we love and we say we reflect. We just look at what he's created and we think there's so much more that we like nothing yet we created in his image to create and and yet we can live such dull gray lives because we've lost the joy and the uh, and the life and the imagination of the creator. I'm doing um, well I'm trying to do doesn't always get there. as the flowers in our garden come into bloom, I'm recording them in, 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 a, in a, a, a painting journal. And they now seem to be coming to bloom far quicker than I can record them. But even the say, and so in that, I've also looked at the species and, the, and, and what they are. And so it's a botanical as well as creative exercise. And even within the same group, there's so much diversity. And yet we miss it. An 18th century poet, Elizabeth, I can't remember her, son, her full name, wrote something along the lines of that the, the world is exploding with the, with the fire and the passion of God, but only those who stop and acknowledge it see it. The rest of us just carry on picking, back, picking blackberries. In other words, what she's saying is there's creation. In creation, there's this extravagant expression of who God is. And yet only those who stop and acknowledge and see it understand the creator the rest just carry on taking it for granted and the same is true in our lives when you see when we saved we are made a new creation there's all of that is in us so we could reflect him and 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 even though you might think well james why are you talking about this with in connection with church because i believe creativity and spirituality connected so is faith and and all of those things and actually, when we are saved and born again, we expect to be creative. Well, how can I say that? Well, what does the Bible say about those who are sick? What are we to do? Pray, and what will happen? They get healed. What does the Bible say about those that when we pray for the dead, they might raise to life again? Pray for those who need miracles. 
that, that's all creative, isn't it? Now, you don't see, or well, I suppose you might see, but just a small group of weird people trying that. It's for everybody. Because that's expected. Why? Because we have the life in, of God in us, and as we get saved, we have access to Him. We have access to the Creator. We have the freedom in Him. And those boundaries bring, of, of the truth of God's Word bring freedom for us and fullness of how we've been created to be. You see, I am convinced, and, and, and I know it's not what we see, but I'm still convinced that the best inventors, the most significant inventors, the best designers, the best artists, the best musicians, the, the, the ones with the most creative solutions in business, the ones who, who are the, the, the top engineers and, and every single the cake bakers and dustbin cleaners and should be who? Believers. Why? Because we have direct access to the creator of it all. So you've got a challenge at work. How to resolve a, 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 a problem, how to come up with a creative solution. I know we don't see this, but I think it's because as believers, we have believed the lie that says, well, we can't do this. We're not good enough. We have access to God. The one who created everything out of nothing. And we generally just have to come up with a solution with something that's already there. Do you see how we're missing so much more of how God has created us to live? I want to read Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 19 to 21. It's um, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, but he goes on from the, uh, verse 19, so it's halfway through a verse. It says, and, and to know this love that surpasses all knowledge, so that's the love of Christ, that you may be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. And verse 20, it says this, and Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. So what does that mean? You can't measure how big. Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ever ask. And sometimes we even dare to ask God what we think is a big ask and it's nothing. He can do more, more than we can measure of everything we can ask or imagine. Or imagine. When you give a child a piece of paper and ask them to draw, they draw what they imagine in their mind. When we, when we think, we think, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't imagine. I'm not imaginative. You are created imaginative. You are created that way. So if you have believed the lie that you're not, that's a lie because you're created in the image of God who imagined the whole world before he created it. And he can do immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. Or even more than all of us, you put all our imaginations together, you can do more. That's the God we serve. That's the God we have direct access to 
to ask and to help and to transform us. You see, I think as the church, we need to have this culture of creativity surging through us, every single one, because the world needs the church to be that. The solutions that are needed, the the situations that need the gospel, the people who need the gospel, there's ways of reaching our world that we need to have those kind of things. We need to hear from God as to how to respond to those. We need to be believers who think. We need to be believers who imagine. We need to be believers who ask questions. We need to be those who come up with solutions. We need to paint our mark on the world that God has put us in so that his majesty and his beauty is displayed for all to see. Otherwise, we just conform and we live lives that are dull and gray and miss the life that God has called us to. Can I ask one thing of you? Be curious. Be curious. Ask questions. You know the the child as they grow up who constantly ask why? And whatever your answer is, that's not good enough. They still ask why? That becomes so irritating that we just ignore them. But you see, that then just reiterates that fact that we are not taught to say why or ask questions. So I'm not saying that we question who God is. God is God. But in our approach to the Word of God, ask questions. Ask questions of God. God, I don't understand this. Show me. But beyond those things, develop an inquiring mind, an inquiring spirit. Why does it have to be like that? Why can't it be like this? Ask the questions, what if? You might say, James, you're dreaming. I said, yeah, well, you see, too many times we ask the question, what if? And then we filter it through the lens of reality and we kill it before it's even given God anywhere. Because, well, that's impossible. It's like, remove the impossibilities. Why? Because God can do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. What if? What if all our friends got saved? What if we came to church happy and joyful that the band had to catch up to us singing and dancing and everything else rather than being, having to wake us up? What if you prayed for the sick and they got healed? What if we did home groups in completely different ways in many different contexts? And What happens if every culture in Crawley is represented in this church family? What if? Why not? How can we? What, what's the way to... What if we... Turned all the chairs and faced the other way. Band at the back, preacher in the middle, who knows? What if? You see, too often we don't even start imagining. Yet God says he can do more than we can ever imagine. Because he's created us creative to be able to see those things. See, uh, someone said this, that creativity is the ability to perceive things in an unhabitual way. 
You see, when we look at things, we filter it through everything that we are and all our culture and all our safe, nice boxes. And we always look at it the same way. That's why it's good to have a variety of people around so that you can see things differently. I think that's why usually husbands and wives see things completely differently because God needs them to so that actually they build a family that's whole and not kind of just on one wavelength. But the church, the kingdom, the world needs us to ask questions and not settle for what we've already known. Not copy those things that have been before because that's how churches have always done them. But say, what if? What about? We've got a world to reach. If we don't ask those questions, how do we reach Crawley? What if we do it this way? What happens if we... Why not this way? Why do we do this? What will happen is we'll die. I'm not saying we change the gospel. Those things don't change. But it's how we reach who we are, how we do all those things. You see, if we never look for new horizons in God, we'll become lukewarm and not live at all. And we'll settle for mediocrity and boredom and have no vision and no expectation and no faith at all. And so I, I think that we, we need to start loving God with everything in us. See, we command it to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. God's created us creative. He's, he's invested so much in you. It's like, in some ways, we're we like children playing with dynamite. It's, it's, that's the potential we have. And everything that is in it, if you look at the scriptures of how God uses different things, I think we need to start being those who, who engage all our senses in our following after God, worshiping Him, and, and uh, living our lives. Because if we look in Scripture, you see, use our sight, start looking at things differently. We see in Scripture God uses visual things. He, in the Old Testament, there, after the flood, there was the rainbow. I know it's been hijacked, but it, God created it. In the Old Testament, there were, he, he was very specific about the design and the decor and the makeup of the temple, the tabernacle, the temple, all those things. He, he led the people of Israel with the clouds and with fire. The parables use pictures. All sorts of things. We see the, the prophetic often is in pictures when you read scripture. Daniel and, uh, and all the old prophets and, and also in Revelation, you see they, they give you visual images. So we need to start engaging God with the things of how we see things, how we perceive things. But also a sound, how we hear, what we create. In scripture again, there's, there's singing and all of those things, but there's also the rushing and the roaring waves, the roaring line, the, the whisper, the wind, all the, the sounds, everything. Scripture speaks about sounds of how we hear things. You heard a great trumpet sound, the, all the different ways of worshiping God. See what I'm saying? So there's, there's far more in our senses that we need to engage in actually living and being with God. Taste. Scripture speaks about the bitter, the bitter, what's it, the bitter herbs. Then there's the manna that they tasted. The Lord's Supper, we taste and see that the Lord is good. Smell, there's, there's the incense in the temple, the, the woman who poured the perfume onto Jesus. We called to be an aroma of Christ. The sacrificial offerings were, there was a fragrant offering. 
and touched people. Jesus touched people. He loved people. He, he embraced people. The, the pictures of, the, of, of, of him, him carrying us like a shepherd, carrying a sheep. You see, there's, there's so much more of how we created to live than we experience. There's so much more that God has created us for us to experience with him and experience him with our whole being. So when he says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your um, uh, (coughs) heart and with all your strength, isn't an intellectual removed experience. It's a whole being experience. It's a whole being worship. It's a whole everything. And yet, we just conform. What kills these kind of things is the fact that we don't ask the questions, we don't inquire of God, we don't engage, and we don't think we've got what it takes, but also we fear failure. We fear failure, we fear, fear criticism, we fear what other people say, and, and, and all these things are ridiculous. We don't try things because we think we have to have it perfect the first time. Which is nonsense. You can go to anybody who you know is creative and ask them, you see the end result, how did you get there? You will see loads of stuff that happens before. You see, we called to think of different things. And I think this is that an idea is only dangerous if it's your only idea. If you only have one idea and do not move from that idea, then that's dangerous. If you have multiple ideas, that's not dangerous. You then filter those things. What works? What doesn't work? You work together with others. Well, that one's, and we do those things. But we too often are scared that we will fail, and so we don't even step out and do. But I've said it so many times. We need to try. We need to experiment. We need to try to, so what if it doesn't work? We just try again. Why? Because our heart isn't to do things weird and different because of the sake of it, but to discover more of what God has for us in the fullness of life. And and, and that's fear of failure, fear of criticism. And criticism kills creativity. I remember at art school, and I must hurry, we we used to do our assignments every two weeks. We had those things in. And then we used to put everything on the wall. And everybody with you on your course had, you were free game. They sat there and they told you exactly how bad it was. Very seldom did they tell you how good it was. But they would criticize everything. And you could see, you kind of, I did this, I stayed up all night for two days in a row, we finished it, and then suddenly it's just been ripped to pieces. And you think, some people just crumble under that, others think, well, I really don't care what you think, I like it. And so, but criticism stops us stepping out. What we think others would say, stop us being who we created to be. That's why so often, so many, and again, this is very general, but you can kind of see it with teenagers as they grow up. They think they're so individual, but they look like every other teenager. <laughs> I've got three that have grown up through that phase. I think we're being individual, we're doing this, we, and they all come out of school. Same kind of hoodies, same kind of trousers, same, everything. It's like, well, you're not. Why? Because actually they don't want to stick out. They want to conform. Why? Because then they belong. But actually that just robs you of who God's created you to be. And as adults, we don't do anything different. Be who God's created you to be. Think differently. Don't criticize. Encourage, strengthen, build up. And the, the other thing that stops us is that we don't actually ever action what we think. 
I think too many ideas and solutions and creative thoughts remain locked in the mind of their creators and die in the darkness of the unseen. Because we just won't do it. Do it. So as we end off this morning, I hope you get what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I want all of you to be painters or musicians or dancers. It would be great if some of them more did. But know this. God is the creator God. And he has created you in his likeness and his image with everything that encompasses, including creativity. And so when I say that we are to be a church with a culture of creativity, it would be great to have artists and musicians and all of those, and writers, and, but also engineers and all sorts of... Every single thing we do, we should be doing creatively. Except one. Finance, we can be creative as to how we spend our finance. We can't be creative with the books. Just putting it there in case someone takes me wrong. That's given another name that's called fraud and not creativity. So just as long as it's legal. But I would encourage you, start asking the questions. Ask anybody who's interacted and worked with me on anything. I am not afraid of people asking questions. What if, why can't we do it this way? What about that? What? The world needs us to live more fully of who God's created us to be. I've got some challenges for you this week. When was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you did something for the first time? Something you've never done before. You do, do it this week. And you know how I said that creativity is, is being able to approach things in an unhabitual way? Do something that you normally do, but do it differently this week. Whether it be drive to work a different route. And bake a cake the wrong way around. I don't know. I had this before that. Why? I mean, why follow the recipe? I did. Ask my wife. I did. A very famous Paul Hollywood bread recipe I tried to make yesterday. Had to leave it for 14 hours. And I said to Lisa before I went to bed, this is ridiculous. This is not going to work. Yep, this morning the thing is less than 14 hours. The thing is risen, overrisen, and flopped down. And it's like, told you he was wrong. Shouldn't, and I said to her, I'm not following his recipe ever again. I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> but what, but yeah, it's just silly. But the point is, to break your thinking... And to break your pattern of thought or way of living, start asking questions and start doing some things you normally do a different way. I know some people that is terrifying. But it's only terrifying because you've believed the lie of the enemy. Be creative. If it doesn't contradict scripture, do it. There's so many different ways for us to do church that are not unbiblical. They're just different from how we've done them before. Maybe some of those is how we're going to see the, this town and nation's one for him. But let's ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to imagine. And don't be afraid to act on that imagination. But do it together as well because when more come together to think and wrestle and come up with ideas and don't put the 
Don't put the grid of reality in too soon. Yes, we do need to put that in some point, but not too soon. But please, understand this. As we really do finish. You are created with incredible creative potential. Step into it. Don't limit yourself. And if you need to be reminded this afternoon, go for a walk through the fields and the flowers and actually stop and look. And if you think, well, I can't even put two colors together that look good. You know what I was taught once? Another handy tip. If you ever want to know how color combinations work and what colors work together, my mum told me this. My mum is also creative, but also a florist. She said, go and look at the flowers that God's created. If it's good enough that God put the colors together, we can do it. Forget what the world says. We live for him. Forget what even what the church has said is unacceptable, because half of what the church says is unacceptable is totally acceptable in the Bible. It's the expression of it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that there is, we think there are limits, but God, in reality, you're the one who sets the limits, and, and we can't even reach those limits in our creative thought and our problem solving and how we do things. And Lord, I pray for an explosion of creative thinking and life to fill every single one of us in this church family, those that are here and those that are not, that we would reflect you and be life filled with the life and of, of the Spirit moving in us and through us. That there would be explosions of that across this town, across the nation, that, that the church, when the world looks, they would not think that the church is dull, boring, and irrelevant, but they would see that there is life, there is joy, there is hope, there is truth, and there is color and diversity because of who we are in you and what that means according to your word. Father, enable us to ask those questions we've never asked, to do the things we've never done for the sake of seeing your kingdom advanced and, the, and, and, and just in that analogy that we would leave our mark on the world around us that would bring transformation and wholeness and life and we would truly live in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. I hope that was helpful. There's tea and coffee next door. There is some here at the back as well. If your children are through there, you need to fetch them. Have a brilliant week. And if you're staying for lunch, you're staying for lunch. If you want to stay for lunch and you haven't bought food, stay for lunch. We've probably got more than we need. Thanks.